Focus your attention with me on verse 9. Psalm 119, verse 9. Wherewithal shall the young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. O let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in mine heart, that I might not sin against thee. Victimology, like a vice grip, is paralyzing our culture today. Individual responsibility has been deleted from our thinking. We have found something or someone to blame for seemingly everything. We're on a dangerous path as a culture. But are we as Christians perhaps falling into that same trap I suppose that would not be unthinkable. That would not be perhaps unusual for us to fall into such a trap. For when Adam and Eve heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, Adam and his wife hid themselves amongst the trees. And the Lord God called unto Adam and he said, Where art thou? He said, I was afraid. And I hid myself because I was naked. And God said, who told thee that thou was naked? Hast thou eaten of the fruit of the tree whereby commanded thee, saying, thou shouldest not eat? And Adam said, the woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the fruit and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, what is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, the serpent beguiled me and I did eat. Right from the very beginning, it seems to be in the heart of sinful nature to blame shift. It's easier to blame than to admit shame. It's easier to cover than to confess. It's easier to avoid our sin than to admit our sin. Now, you and I have a choice when it comes to sin in our life. We can cry, victim, or we can cry victory. We must come to four realizations, I believe, which will enable us to have victory in our life rather than succumb to the victimology that is so prevalent in our culture today. And we see those four realizations here in these three verses before us this morning. First of all, we see the target of Satan. It says in verse 9, Wherewithal shall a young man, a young man, Satan targets the young. He goes after the young. We might say, well, why would he do that? And our response would be, well, because maybe they're more vulnerable. Uh, maybe they're weaker less experienced, perhaps. That is why Satan would perhaps go after them. They, they, they perhaps have not built up a defense. But I'm not sure that's true. Because when I read the Bible, I find that some of God's servants were stronger in their youth than they were in their old age. That was certainly true of Noah. 
Well, it's hard to even fathom the faith that Noah had when God said, build an ark. And yet at the end of his life, Noah's a mess. I think of David. We learned much about him last night at the banquet. And David as a young man, wow, as a shepherd boy, Boy, he had learned to trust the Lord and he had learned to give his life over to the Lord and, and use his life for God. But we see later on where David got into a heap of trouble as he was older. I think about King Saul. King Saul as a young man was chosen by God. A man that had God written all over him and God had gifted him with some unusual abilities, particularly in warfare. But Saul, in later life, ends up with God's hand being removed from his life. I think about Solomon. Solomon, as a young man, is invested by God with great wisdom, and, and, and God, because of his desire to be wise, uh, uh, put upon him riches and fame and all these other things, and yet, boy, Solomon's later life is not exactly a model for us to follow. So I would challenge our thinking when we would say, well, Satan goes after the young because they're vulnerable or because they're less experienced or perhaps they are weaker. No, I believe Satan attacks the young man because he wants their whole life. God gives much instruction to the young man for the same reason. You see, when you're young as you are, both Satan and God want your life. They want all of it. We read in the scripture where God says, train up a child in the way he shall go, and when he's old, he'll not depart from it. In other words, God says, invest in children. Invest in the young. Why? Because they have their whole life to live for the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. Look, I know a lot of old people like me who are very crusty and hardened to the things of God. Why? Because when they were young, Satan got a hold of their life. Today they have no desire for God. They have no desire for church. They have no desire for the Bible or truth. I think of what God says in Ephesians chapter 6, children, Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Why? That it might be well with thee, and thou mayest live long upon the earth. God wants to bless a young person's life with, with blessing all the way through. And so he challenges them while they're young to seek after God, as Paul did Timothy, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation. All scriptures given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Why? So the man of God may be perfect, complete, mature, truly furnished unto all good works. You see, God is interested in the youth. God is interested in the young. The same reason the devil is. Because you have your whole life in front of you. So Satan targets the young man. This is why we're getting those buses rolling again. This is why we're having the hunt. 
This is why we can't wait to get back into some ministries for our college students with young people. This is why these recruiters come almost daily now and say, hey, we've got a camp this summer and we need some workers. Why? Because Satan is targeting the young. God wants their whole life, but so does Satan. So we see the target of Satan here, but we see then the triumph of Scripture. He says, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. What is the defense against this attack of Satan while we're young? What is it that we can use to to fight off this attack, to to make sure that we we protect ourselves from that onslaught of Satan while we're young? Well, it is the word of God. It is the Bible. It is God's word. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. The commandment is a lamp and the law is a light and reproofs of instruction are the way of life. We have a more sure word of prophecy whereunto you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place. Years ago, we arrived at a church in South St. Paul, Minnesota. We were pulling a trailer in those days, and I had my family with me, and we got to the church. The pastor helped us get set up in the parking lot there. We plugged our trailer into an electrical outlet there they had for us and got our water hooked up and unhooked our truck and got, got kind of settled in for the week. And The pastor, we met for a moment there in the church, and He gave me a key to the building in case I needed anything, which I always appreciated because sometimes uh, we would need to get in the building for kind of some emergency uh, reasons. Sometimes we would blow a breaker and, and, uh, you know, our our power would would pull so much energy out of that uh, electrical outlet that we would trip a breaker and I'd have to go in the church and and put it back on. You know, that happened uh, several times during the week usually. So I was glad to have that key and he, uh, he, uh, he said, uh, you know, feel free to use the building any way that you need to. And we've got a big basement downstairs. Kids want to come in and play or whatever. Feel free. And, and uh, we'll see you in the morning kind of a thing. Well, that night we, we were there in the trailer and, and uh, just kind of uh, enjoying some family time. And we were uh, making some popcorn or something. And we, we flipped a breaker. We just, we, we, the lights went out. All the power went out. And I said, no worries, everybody. I got a key. So I, I grabbed the church key and, and uh, went to the front door of the church and I opened it up. And uh, I did not ask the pastor where the breaker panel was, but they were usually in the basement or in some closet, you know, and so I began to search. And I searched, I turned on a light there in the, in the hallway of the church and went up some stairs and, and uh, looked around there in the back vestibule of the church, opened some closets and looked and I couldn't find a breaker, sw- uh, breaker panel. So I thought, well, it's probably in the basement. So I went back down to the entry door and I looked for a light to the stairway going down to the basement, but I did not see a light. So I was able to have enough light there to get down those stairs. But when I got to the bottom of those stairs, that basement was completely dark. 
And I began to feel along the wall. I thought, well, there's got to be a, a light switch here close by. I mean, you go around the corner, usually from a stairway into a room, there's a, there's a light switch there. So I'm, I'm, you know, rubbing the wall everywhere I can feel a wall. I'm rubbing it, trying to find a light switch. And there was none. There was, I couldn't find a light switch. So I thought, well, uh, what am I going to do? You know, I got to find this breaker panel. So I, 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 I kept feeling along that wall. I kind of had my arms out like this, and I'm kind of feeling along that wall, trying to find a light switch. I'm walking very tentatively because I don't know what's in that basement. I don't know where the chairs are, if there are any, or tables or whatever. I'm just kind of trying to feel my way along. And I'm walking very cautiously. I've never been in this place in my life. And I'm, I'm groping in the dark, as the Bible says. And I got my arms out like this. I'm feeling my way so I don't run into anything. And all of a sudden, I got hit right in the throat with a pipe. I mean, just hit me right in the Adam's apple. And I mean, it, it, it just knocked me flat back. And I thought, there's somebody down here. He just hit me with a pipe. And, and I, I, I went tearing out of that basement. I mean, I, I honestly thought there was a boogeyman in the basement. I really did. I went running out of there, went back to the trailer. I said, kids, we're going to sleep in the dark tonight. If it gets cold, we're going to freeze. I'm not looking for that stupid breaker panel tonight. There's somebody in the basement with a pipe. Well, the next morning, we needed to get dressed. Of course, the sun was coming up, so I went back into that church and went down those stairs to look in that basement. And in that room, there was not one single thing. It was a huge room where they had awana and different things like that, a huge basement, nothing in it, no furniture whatsoever except for a small hockey goal. The teenagers played kind of a, a, like a field hockey or something down there, floor hockey, and they had this little, this little hockey goal, and that was the pipe. I mean, I walked right into that thing. I saw what happened, you know, that night before. I was groping in the dark. I found the breaker panel, found the light switches, identified where they were, so if I ever had to go in there again, I could avoid the boogeyman. You know, sometimes in our life, we're kind of like that, aren't we? We're kind of trying to feel our way. We're, we're kind of lost. We're not sure what the next step really is. And, and we fear some of the things that may be around us. And all we have to do is turn the light on of God's word. The, the, the target is, is, is the young man. But the young man can triumph because of God's scriptures. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver and the gain thereof than fine gold. She's more precious than rubies. And all the things that thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. Length of days is in her right hand. In her left hand, riches and honor. Her ways are the ways of pleasantness. All her paths are peace. She's a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her. And happy is every man that retaineth her. So the target of Satan is the young man, but the triumph is in the scriptures. But notice thirdly, the tendency of sheep. In verse 10, with my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Why am I preaching to Bible college students this morning about the importance of the Bible? I mean, that seems rather odd. 
to preach about the importance of the Bible in a Bible college. Why must we be reminded of these things? Because we're sheep. And as sheep, we tend to wander. We tend to move move away from that which we know is the answer. If you ever get around sheep, my dad used to keep some sheep on the farm. We never did much with them. We, we, we sheared their wool off, and I don't, but I don't remember ever selling their wool. Uh, we never ate any of the sheep. Uh, we, we, we just looked at them. <laughs> I think my dad liked them because they were Bible animals, you know, and, and uh, th- they were just kind of a, a nice touch on the farm. We had a little pasture for them, and, and we always had you know, 12, 14 sheep, and we'd have lambs in the spring, and it was kind of a fun process, but we, we, we didn't have them for any particular reason. But I remember as a boy watching those sheep often. I had some duties that involved uh, getting them water and, and uh, feed and so on, and, and I spent some time in that sheep pasture and, and watching those sheep, and when sheep eat, they never look up. If you've ever been in a sheep pasture, you, the, the grass is, is uh, nibbled off right at the surface. I mean, a sheep can, can take a blade of grass off right at ground level. They don't leave any blade sticking up. Cows, horses, when they eat, they leave some grass behind, but not a sheep. A sheep eats everything. And they never look up. They just, they eat, they take a step, they eat, they take a step, they eat, they take a step. If you ever see a bunch of sheep out in the field, they're just, all, all their heads are down. And that's why they're prone to wander. Because they become unaware after a while. Their heads are down. They're they're trying to sustain themselves. They're trying to eat. They're trying to get the nourishment they need. And and so they they keep eating and they keep eating. And little by little, they're getting away from the shepherd. They're getting away from the sheepfold. They're, They're moving far out. You know, as college students... You get in the throes of a semester like we're in right now, facing a final exam week next week, and then heading into a new term right away next, uh, on Monday, the next Monday, and, and, and we kind of got our heads down right now, right? I mean, we're just, we're just plowing forward, working hard at your job, and new ministries now coming on the scene, and that's going to require a little more time and effort and some prayer, and, and we're getting back into some normalcy, perhaps, and our classes and ministries and work schedules. We just got our heads down right now, but you know what the tendency is? We can wander. We can forget to be watchful. For I've gone astray, the psalmist said in the very last verse of Psalm 119, he said, I've gone astray like a lost sheep. Oh, let me not wander. Help me not to forget thy commandments. The psalmist, after this entire psalm of 176 verses, highlighting the importance of God's word, he says, God, I'm like a sheep going astray. I'm prone to wander. And so, Lord, help me not to forget thy commandments. The man that wandereth out of the way of understanding shall remain in the congregation of the dead. You see, Satan just waits for that moment when as sheep we wander away from God's word. So God says we must abide in him to survive this attack. We've got to stay close to the shepherd. Abide in me and I in you as the branch uh, uh, cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. 
I am the vine, Jesus said. You are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. And the next verse says, if any man abide not in me, he's cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire. And they're burned. So how do we stay connected? As a branch, we've got to stay connected to the vine. We, we've got to abide in him, but our, our natural tendency as a sheep is to wander away, is to sever that relationship. So how does this young man who's under the attack of Satan, he knows the answer is the word of God. If he's going to triumph, it's got to be through God's word. But how do we abide in him? Well, fourthly, he gives us the tactic of success in verse 11. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Thy word have I hid in my heart. In Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 6, these words which I commanded this day shall be in thy heart. God didn't say, hey, I'm giving you a book. And everything I need you to know is in this book. He said, no, take this book I'm giving you and put it in your heart. In Deuteronomy chapter 11, therefore shall ye lay up these words in your heart and in your soul and bind them for a sign upon thine hand that they may be as frontless between thine eyes. Colossians 3 verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Thy word have I hid. See, when the devil attacks you, he's not going to give you a chance to go find your Bible. Now, the answer to the attack is the word of God. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed there according to thy word. But when the devil decides to attack a young man, or any man for that matter, he's not going to let you, hey, I'm about to attack, go get your Bible. Hey, I'm about to attack. I call one of your Bible teachers so you can have something to, you know, use as a defense. No, so God says the tactic of success is to hide God's word in our heart so that when that attack comes, we're abiding in him. His words are abiding in us. And now we have a sword of the spirit. So that when that attack comes, we have a defense system ready. So let's go in these last few minutes from preaching to teaching. Let me give you eight simple steps to hiding God's word in your heart. You say, Brother Gadge, right now I can't memorize another thing. My brain is fried. My brain is full. I've got all I can say grace over with my classes and that's exactly when the devil's going to attack you. So how can we memorize God's word? How can we hide it in our heart? How can we be ready for this attack as a young person? Number one, commit to time. Commit to time. What do I mean by that? Do not set goals for Bible memorization of verses. Set goals of time. 
Not every verse memorizes as easily as the next one. Some verses you're very familiar with. I would guess that most of you, before chapel is over, you've got 12 minutes, 15 minutes, could probably memorize John 11:45 before chapel ends. Jesus wept. You could probably memorize that in the next 15 minutes. <laughs> it's a pretty easy verse to memorize. Other verses aren't quite that easy. So if you set a goal of I'm going to memorize five verses a week or I'm going to memorize 10 verses a month, you're going to get discouraged and you're going to quit. Because some, verses, some, some weeks or some days or some months, you might do very well. And then other months, you're going to get bogged down in some verse in, in Leviticus or some verse in Hebrews or, you know, whatever. And, and you're going to struggle and struggle and struggle to get it right. You're going to get frustrated. You're going, I can't memorize. So set a goal of time. I'll give five minutes a day to hiding God's word in my heart. I'll, I'll give 20 minutes a week to hiding God's word in my heart. If I wanted to be faithful to God in soul winning, I would be a little bit presumptuous to say, God, I'm going to go soul winning tomorrow until three people get saved. Now, that's a wonderful goal to see three people saved tomorrow out soul winning. But I'm kind of presuming on God to say, God, I'm going to go soul winning until three people get saved. I'll be honest with you. I've gone out sometimes three weeks and not seen anybody saved. So I'm setting myself up for a lot of frustration there, aren't I? But if I say to God, God, I'm going to go soul winning two hours tomorrow, and I'm going to ask you to give me some fruit. Whether you have fruit or not, you can come back after two hours and say, Lord, I was faithful. Please use the word of God that I was able to share. So take that same strategy with the word of God. I'm going to give five minutes a day. I'm going to give 10 minutes a week. I'm going to give, you know, 30 minutes in, in the next two weeks. Whatever your schedule allows, set a goal of time. I'm going to spend this much time trying to hide God's word in my heart, and God will bless that. And some days he'll allow you to memorize maybe one or two or three verses or maybe more. And other days you might struggle to get a phrase down. But you can end that time saying, I was faithful. I gave a portion of my life, a, a time to God to try to hide his word in my heart as he commands me to do. So set, commit to time. Secondly, choose a topic. Choose a topic. Life is topical. Temptation is topical. The devil is going to target certain areas of my life and certain areas of your life, and it's not going to be the same. He, he might target some people with a lustful thought today. He might target other people with a fear. He might target someone else with worry. He might target somebody else with, with jealousy. The, the devil is going to target different areas of our life depending on where he sees vulnerability. So you need to understand his devices and say, okay, temptation is topical. I need to get some, some verses in my life that I can fight that temptation with. When Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, every time the devil attacked, Jesus came back with a scripture that addressed that particular attack. Satan said, uh, you've been fasting 40 days. Command these stones to be made bread. Uh, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Well, that's a great verse, but it didn't work on that. 
See, you've got to be specific to the temptation. And Jesus was. He didn't have references yet. But if there had been references, he would have said, Deuteronomy 8.3, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. By. And the Bible says, resist the devil. How do you resist the devil? You're going to outfight him? You're going to outrun him? No, you've got to outtruth him. So when he tempts you in some area, you've got to come back with the scripture that targets that temptation. So what areas are you struggling with? All right, get your concordance. There's some verses about that. They that are Christ have crucified the flesh with its affections and lusts. Well, the devil hates that verse. And when he tempts you guys with lust, Galatians 5, 23, better have it in your heart. You don't have time to look in your concordance. Get something in your heart. Devil's tempting you to worry, to fret, to, to be anxious about something. No, no, no. Philippians 4, 6, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, let your request be known unto God. Choose a topic. Take some areas where you're vulnerable. Take some areas where you're being attacked over and over and over again, and you can't seem to get victory over these besetting sins. Well, God says he's made a way of escape, and that way of escape is through his scriptures. So, so choose a topic. Maybe when you go out soul winning, you're always up against the same thing. People say the same thing to you, and you don't have an answer for it. All right, let's get one. Let's memorize some verses. So, so when we meet somebody that perhaps is, a, is, is of another uh, religious thinking or, or somebody's an atheist or, or, or someone says, well, how do you know there's a hell and a heaven? Well, now you've got an arsenal. You've got a sword because the devil is, is using that to, 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 to keep them from Christ. So choose a topic and begin to memorize verses on hell or verses on heaven or verses on sin or verses on salvation. So commit to time, choose a topic. Number three, create a tool. I don't, I don't know what you'll create. Perhaps you'll put these verses on, on some kind of a, on, a, a deal on your phone where you can, where you can look at them and, and study them and, and, and review them. Maybe you'll put them on cards. That's the old fashioned way. Get some cards and write the verse on the card so that you can carry it with you and, and review it from time to time but create a tool that works for you so to, to help you in that time that you give to memorizing. You're just not saying, okay, what am I gonna memorize today? Let's see, uh, how about this one? And, and you just try to memorize it out of the scriptures, get, get a tool. Put, put those verses under a topic, maybe on your, on your computer, on, a, on, a, on a, a page, or put it on something on your phone where you can flip that out and you can use that time efficiently to work on those scriptures. Number four, capture the thought. Before you start memorizing, whatever you decide to do to memorize that verse, before you do, get the thought of the verse. Understand what the verse is saying. Let that verse speak to you. Let it, let it get into your mind, in your heart. Understand the concept. Why is this verse important? So, so capture the thought. Get the meaning. That's what's going to motivate you to learn it. Because it does apply to your temptation, or it does apply to this person you're trying to witness to. So capture the thought. Number five, conversationally talk it. 
When you memorize, I would highly recommend you memorize and work out loud. It's amazing in the Bible how many times it says, blessed are they that hear the word of God. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear what the Lord saith. There's something about not only reading it silently, but there's something about hearing it. It's amazing how you can read something in your devotions and some preacher comes to chapel and preaches the same verse you read in your devotions and all of a sudden you learn a whole lot more than you did when you just read it. Why? Because another sense is exercised. You're not only seeing it, but you're now hearing it. So as you memorize, you're going to be much more apt to be able to memorize as you not only read it, but speak it. So work out loud, conversationally talk it. Talk it as if God is talking to you. Talk it with the meaning that you've just captured a moment ago. Uh, get the idea here of who's speaking. Is it God? Is it, is it Moses? Is it, is it the psalmist David trying to comfort some people? Or is he in distress as he's running from Saul? Get the meaning of it and then, and then speak it out loud as if it were being spoken to you. Number six, concrete it through temple. Concrete it through temple. Your body has rhythm to it. When you walk, you have a certain walk. In fact, your walk is, when you were a kid, you knew if it was your mom or your dad walking down the hallway, right? Because they sounded different. You knew who was coming to your room. It was your little brother or it was your dad. You know, you could tell by their walk. So all of our bodies have rhythm. One of the most practical things I can tell you about memorization is if you will stand up, get in a room someplace, and walk while you memorize. You'll memorize according to the rhythm of your body. Why do little kids, little kids who can't even read yet, how do they get up in Sunday school programs and sing songs from memory? It always, I, I just always smile at these programs where they have these little kids, you know, preschool kids that come up here and, you know, the parents are taking all these videos and they're singing some song and the teacher's down front with these big signs with the words on them. I'm thinking, they can't even read. Why do you have a sign with the words on it? They can't read. But they know the song. Why? Because songs have rhythm. Songs have a rhythmic pattern and that's why it's easy to memorize things by singing it because it has rhythm. You, you know the words to countless songs. You've never sat down and said, I'm gonna memorize at Calvary. But I dare say that hymn, you've sung it many times, I know I have, and I, I'm, I'm sure I could write down accurately at least two verses of that hymn right now. Years I spent in vanity and pride, caring not, my soul was crucified, knowing not it was for me he died on Calvary. I never sat down and memorized that, but I know it because of the rhythm of the song. And your body has rhythm. And so as you memorize, walk, and get that rhythm of your body working in your favor. I was at a camp one time, you know, kids memorize verses for points, you know, at camp, and they're all sitting around the camp trying to cram these verses in their head so they can earn points. And I came down some stairs from the room I was staying in, there was a girl sitting on a rock, she had her Bible open, she was bawling her head off. There's nothing worse at camp than girls crying. So I stopped, I said, what's wrong? She said, oh, she said, I'm trying to memorize this verse and I just can't get it. 
I said, well, here, let, let, me, let me see how you're doing. I grabbed her Bible. I said, which verse is it? She told me. I don't remember the verse. And she didn't know the first three words. She couldn't recite the first three words. I said, how long have you been working on this? 20 minutes. I just can't get it. It's too hard. And I can't go on to the next verse until I get this one. And she's bawling. I said, look, take your Bible, take the Bible, and do exactly what you've been doing. But I want you to walk. And it was a sidewalk. We were on a sidewalk, and there was a mobile trailer about probably about 200 yards away. It was where some of the staff lived. And there was a sidewalk going right to it. I said, take your Bible and, and, and do exactly what you were just doing, trying to memorize it, but, but walk to that trailer and, and walk back while you're doing it. I'll wait here for you. She looked at me like I was crazy. She took her Bible and I heard her. She started, you know, thy word, thy word, thy word, thy word, have I? And, and she's trying to memorize this thing. She got about halfway to the trailer. She turned around and ran back. Said, I got it, I got it. And she had it word perfect. Now it doesn't always happen quite that fast. She'd been working on it for 20 minutes. What I'm saying is it will take you over the hump of getting those verses solidified in your mind and heart by creating a temple as you walk, concrete it through temple. Then number seven, consistently test it. Review to retain. If you don't review what you know, you're going to forget it. Most of us have had more than one phone number in our life but we only remember the one we're using now because we're not using the other ones anymore. Um, most of you have had more than one pin. <laughs> I hate pins, don't you? Personal identification number. Uh, which one am I using now, right? And boy, you get a new one and, and, and you can't remember the old one. It's a good thing. You get really confused. You remember what you're using now. You remember your girlfriend that you're a girlfriend to now. That, that was bad. <laughs> but consistently test it, right? Just review it, review it, review it. You don't, if you don't review it, you're going to lose it. So you got to have a, a, a way that once you memorize a verse, to go back to it and review it. That's why you create the tool. That, that's why you have that as a, on a card or on a computer program, so that you can go back to that and review once you start memorizing scripture, most of your time will be spent in review. When I was spending four hours a day memorizing scripture, uh, three hours and 45 minutes of that was in review. The, the 15 minutes, uh, my first 15 minutes was spent on new verses. Everything else was on review. Because I don't have a photographic memory. I did, but I lost, I ran out of film, so I, I don't anymore. But the point is you've got to review what you learn. And then number eight, confidently trumpet it. Use it. Use it against the devil. Use it as you witness. Use it as you, you write lessons or, or prepare sermons. God wants us to, to plagiarize his word. He wants us to use it. And so use it in your own life. Use it to others. Uh, uh, you know, I often tell uh, couples when I'm doing premarital counseling, this is the best gift God's given us after his son, Jesus Christ. The best gift is the Lord, and he gives us salvation. But after that, the best gift you have from God is the Bible. And you know what? He doesn't care if you re-gift it. You can re-gift this. He's given it to you, but he wants you to give it to somebody else. And so as you hide things in your heart, don't do it just so you can walk around and say, I know 10 verses. 
I know a thousand verses. I know all 31,000 verses. There are people who have done that. Savonarola was one of the reformers that memorized the entire Bible. It can be done. But the point is, what good is it if you don't use it? So confidently triumphant. So I'll review those quickly. Commit to time. Choose a topic. Create a tool. Capture the thought. Conversationally talk it. Concrete it through tempo. Consistently test it. And confidently triumph it. Trumpet it. Victim or victory? Well, the answer is in your hands. The devil's going to attack you as a young person because he wants your whole life. How are you going to stop the attack? You've got to abide in Christ. His word's got to, got, to, got to abide in us. So we have the answer in our hands. But what we've got to do is get that answer from our hands to our heart. We've got to be ready. Because when the devil attacks, he's not going to wait for you to get your Bible in your hands. You've got to get the Bible in your heart. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. We can have victory. Or we can just go through life and blame everybody else for our problems. God gives us the answer. We've got to get that answer in us.